If you're good at something, never do it for free. Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? Typhoon, y'all know me, and I'm coming up, just wait and see. If you're good at something, never do it for free. But if you're great at something, would you still agree? So let me take Hey everyone, back. welcome back to the Kevin and HJ podcast. And today we are talking about the NBA playoffs with none other than Andrew Ramondi. Welcome back, Andrew. Thanks for having me, Kev. Uh, excited to do this deep dive into Anthony Simons' 37-point game with you. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> and six-man rotation. Yes. No, I know. We can get to it. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. The playoffs are here. It's been a monster, what feels like a, and it's been said on every podcast I've listened to, but it's a gigantically long NBA season. Like It feels like it took forever. And, you know, there was a lot of fun stuff going on in it, but uh, it's exciting to finally get to – it feels like kind of – even though there were a bunch of playoff spots to be determined and were the last day, it feels like kind of down the stretch there weren't a lot of stakes necessarily. I mean, yeah, the West was already all determined. Yeah. There wasn't any drama. It was just for seating purposes. Yeah. And then in the East, I think the – I think it would have been a little bit more fun if Miami had a had a shot at the last day with Dwayne Wade retiring and all that type of stuff. But we still kind of and it was a little bit of a letdown since uh Detroit was playing where it was playing the Knicks and yeah. Detroit just kind of blew them out. But I think on a greater level, even like I and once again, I'm stealing this idea mostly from other people. The way the NBA's incentive structure works and like has now kind of been internalized by pretty much every team. Now down the stretch, it feels like half the teams kind of care, but are possibly preparing for the playoffs, resting guys, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then the other half of the league is basically tanking or has nothing to play for. So it didn't feel like, like, for example, the Blazers, like, after Yusuf Nurkic went down, like, their last eight games or so, pretty much they played one playoff team, and the rest of the teams had nothing to play for, you know what I mean? So it's, like, the game, like, the regular season level of games down the stretch wasn't particularly good, I don't think. Right, I mean... New, Jer New Jersey, I'm referring to. As a yeah. Brooklyn fan, like I feel like you might have actually been the exception to right, the right, rule, right. kind of. Exactly. That's what I was about to bring up, that yeah. Brooklyn had like a beast of a schedule, yeah. and they were playing all these tough playoff teams, and they pulled out a couple impressive wins down the stretch. So I was really excited about that, and it just ramped up into playoff mode right now yeah. and i'm i'm super excited it's starting tomorrow on saturday we're recording this on a friday so it's we'll get our playoff predictions all out there in this podcast and all that stuff so let's just get right into it so i i don't know how you want to do this and go from i guess series to series or do you just kind of want to pick out like one series at a time and just kind of talk about it that way. I don't care. It's up to you, really. I'm I'm fine with. I don't know how. You know, we can see how much. I think we'll do that. I think you pick a series. I'll pick a series. We'll go back and forth until okay. we do all of them. I don't know if we're going to be able to deep dive into the matchups of everything. Probably not. But we not. can see what comes to mind. I mean, yeah, it, it's a good exercise. And then I guess at the end of every series, we can give our predictions or well, something like that. I think the even though I have none, I can come up with some off I, the dome. Though. I honestly think the most interesting 
series to set it up for you is the Blazers OKC series huh, okay. um, in the first round. And I guess you can kind of go off, like talk more in depth about it, but I guess to set the stage, it's I mean, all the seed movement yeah. at, on the last day uh, was crazy. Yeah, so I think I can give a pretty good ca- encapsulation of the last day of the, of right. the season in the West. So basically, um, to start it off, like OKC winning at the Bucks, like just to take things chronologically, sealed that OKC was going to be the sixth seed. The Spurs had a chance to move up into that sixth seed. And... I believe OKC would have fallen to eighth if they had lost against the Bucks, so mm-hmm. which would have been pretty crazy. But they they won pretty handily. Uh, they weren't playing with Paul George, but the Bucks were. Uh, but the Bucks were sitting a bunch of people. And if you want to go back to the day before that, Paul George has a game winner against the Raptors. The or Rockets. The Rockets. Yes, I'm sorry, the Rockets, which was pretty which set that up too and the Blazers had a buzzer a Mo Harkless buzzer beater to beat the Lakers to secure home court. So that was kind of interesting also. The last I mean the last two days were interesting from like a implications perspective, but I just think the how you got there like was, you know, a little funky. So basically the Blazers are playing the Kings and the Nuggets are playing the Timberwolves and if basically the Nuggets win and the Blazers win. The Blazers are the three seed. If the Blazers lose, they're the four seed. And if the Blazers win and the Timberwolves uh, and the Timberwolves win, uh, the Rockets are the two seed and the Nuggets are the four seed. So the Blazers are playing a six-man rotation, which is an interesting. You could get into a six-man rotation of all their scrubs and Zach Collins, and the Kings are actually kind of trying. Now, there was kind of a debate. What do you think about this as an outsider fan? Like, Because th- from the, all the outside purposes, it looked like the Blazers were tanking for Utah, basically. Right. How did you feel about that? Because there was kind of a divide among the Blazer fan base, and I, and I went back and forth on it. Well, I think the end result actually kind of worked out for them if they're trying to make a deep deep playoff run and that's what the other side of the argument was i think the general consensus is and i'm not i thought this at first but i'm not sure if it's true or not the general consensus was that utah without without nurkic utah was a better matchup than okc like Mm -hmm. more likely to win a first round series and maybe that's true maybe that not but the other side of the equation which is kind of as the night went on the one i was starting to buy into like Say you have a 50% chance to win, not even. Say you have a 40% chance to win against Utah and a 30% chance to win against OKC. Cool, you beat Utah, but then you run into Golden State, who you have a 0% chance of beating. But if you beat OKC, you're playing either the Nuggets or the Spurs, who you have probably a higher than 0% chance of beating. I would say better than... I would say maybe even better, better than, than 30, the, the 30% yes, that you're and outlining. ostensibly if they beat OKC, and we're getting, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but if you beat OKC, uh, they're, you're probably playing pretty good basketball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they were saying, why are you going to sacrifice a possible deep run for this slightly better chance at winning a first-round series. And the fact of the matter may be Terry Stotts and his coaching staff think that winning a first-round s- series is really important in terms of 
job the security. stability of right. the team and job security going forward. So that may have come into it. So it's interesting. So all that aside, the Blazers go down 28 in the first half as the Kings are playing all of their guys. And uh, the Nuggets are losing to the Timberwolves also by like pretty much 10 the entire game. In the f- late third and fourth quarter, the Blazers start mounting this comeback. To be fair, the Kings weren't playing their guys anymore. Really, they were playing kind of like Yogi Ferrell and their like, scrubs. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but to to hand it to the Blazers, and it was a really fun game to watch. Honestly, as a Blazer fan, it's one of I my more. <laughs> it's one of my more like kind of like odd oddball memories. They had a game a couple game years ago in Game eighty two against the Spurs, where Noah Vonleh hit a game winner in Game eighty two. So, but anyway, to give it to to the Blazers, like these guys, Anthony Simons played all forty eight minutes. So, like yeah. these guys were t- probably really tired. They were playing a zone, like so. They end up winning, and then the Nuggets come back to win at the at the last second, sealing kind of the sealing the Blazers as the three seed, Nuggets as the two seed, and then and sending Ro- Houston, Houston basically giving them a death sentence. If they can beat the Jazz in the first round, they're running into OKC in the Which in the is not going to be an easy series for them. No. Th- that first round series won't be easy for them either. Yeah, but it'll be pretty interesting. But I guess, so taking this back around to talking about the OKC series. Yeah. You know. So so you, yeah, before you get into yeah. it, it kind of, you kind of outlined how you said, you know, maybe you just threw out that number, but you, as a Blazers fan, do you feel like you have a 30% shot? You think it's a little bit, I would say it's even, it might be trending towards like 60, 40 OKC. Mm, I mean, maybe. So here's the thing. So I'll lay it out as I see it. I don't have like deep analytics. Obviously, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know this, OKC swept the series for Right, right, right. I mean, but if you look at them, they were close within 10-point games, and they only they only, only one iteration of the OKC Blazer series was with Rodney Hood and Enos Cantor, and that mm-hmm. game went into overtime. Obviously, no Nurkic, which, which hurts you yeah. immensely, I think. I was thinking about this, about, like, the Utah... My Honestly, my main concern going in, into the playoffs is the defense mm. and specifically Enos Cantor and how he's going to hold up and I started thinking about this though B- when I was thinking like Utah versus OKC what team is better suited to attack Enos Cantor I actually think it's Utah because they run the most pick and roll in the league like I was thinking right if you want to attack Enos Cantor if you're playing Utah would I rather have the Blazers have to defend uh like a uh, Mitchell slash Rubio Gobert pick and roll or a Westbrook Adams pick and roll. I'll take the Westbrook Adams pick and roll. Also, Utah has way more shooter, like spread pick and roll specifically. He's kicking the ball to, you know, Ingles or, or what have you. Whereas Westbrook, obviously there's Paul George, but then it's like you're getting into a kind of non-shooter territory. Well, yeah, and I think the strategy for them in those pick and roll situations in this OKC series is just you're considerably sagging off Westbrook when he's coming off the pick and just basically daring him to shoot like the 20 footer or the long two and that's all you're hoping for and And hopefully he misses more than he makes yes and in the to be fair he's played really really well against the Blazers this year but you know that's the other thing is like Utah's 
probably playing slightly better basketball than OKC right now. Utah was playing non-playoff teams also, but I think they won like 11 of their last 12. Mm-hmm. OKC won, I think, their last two, but had lost four of their last five before that. And remember, in the playoffs last year, um, OKC like kind of tanked. And who knows, like Paul George's health with his shoulder, where's he at? Russell Westbrook's been fine to take a backseat to George all season, but like, is he, now that playoff times rolled around, like, what what's he going to look like? That's interesting. So that's all. Like, okay, that's the case for the Blazers possibly winning. the The other side of this is OKC's personnel is very suited to kind of do what the, as opposed to Utah's kind of drop defense system. OKC is way more suited, I think, to do what the Pelicans did last year and blitz Dame off of pick and rolls and things of that nature. So another in order for the Blazers to win this series, I think one, Cantor, they have to figure out some scheme to kind of mitigate Cantor or possibly I will be interested to see in in this series at some point if there's an adjustment like, "Eh, we can't play Cantor as much. We have to roll with Zach Collins and see what... I think Zach Collins has to have an incredible series for the Blazers to win, other Mm. than like maybe a Dame going supernova scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, the key to me also, the second key is going to be like, have the Blazers learn, like, what have the Blazers learned from the New Orleans series last year, and are they better suited to, I mean, this goes back to the Clippers series, the last series they won, the Clippers series two years ago, where Alfred Camino was shooting a million threes a game, and the Blazers probably only won the series because Chris Paul and Blake Griffin went down. Mm -hmm. So, you know... I feel like I've pretty much laid everything out. I guess you can you can react to that. And no, I I mean I I'm favoring OKC slightly, yeah. but you never know. Home court goes to Portland, yeah. so that that's a big advantage I would say as well. And then I think you laid out some of the concerns if you're an OKC fan. Mm-hmm. Paul George's shoulder has been like flaring up every now and then, and you just don't know if it, it's reliable. He's been playing better, I would say down the stretch, and I think OKC's kind of found something um, down the stretch. I think the Houston win, um, the buzzer beater, was a huge win for them. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm favoring OKC, but I, it's not like Portland's out of it, and it, it's conceivable to see any of these four teams in this quadrant, I would say, getting to the conference finals, yeah. which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it like, is wild. If you had to handicap it out of the Portland, OKC, Denver, Spurs quadrant, like, I don't really know. Like, I guess the favorite here, the public favorite would be OKC, mm-hmm. but I don't know who, would who like, you would put your money yeah. on. Like, if, you, if it's a do-or-die type of situation, I have a gun to your head, Andrew. Who are you picking out of these four teams? Honestly... Well, honestly, mm, yeah, I don't. Well, you're saying gun to my head. I was like, if I was betting on it, I'd probably just bet the Nuggets and just rely on. I mean, I'll just roll with playoff history and say generally in the NBA that like sometimes it happens like where a lower seed, like a six seed could get to the conference finals. But generally that just doesn't happen in the NBA. So I'll I'll roll with the Nuggets and kind of. And and take my chances there, but yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I don't feel particularly confident. Yeah, it's about I, any of I them. I really think it's a huge toss-up, especially with Houston in that four seed. Yeah, now that you I just mean, don't we'll know. see. Uh, 
how oh like if OKC looks incredible in the first round and kind of like is hot or something, then maybe it's them. I don't know. And then if Portland, you know, any team could, we'll see. Like if one of these teams kind of gets hot and separates themselves, really. Right. And then I mean, just taking a quick look at the Denver Spurs series. Wait. I so are we gonna predict? Are we? Oh gonna, yeah. Are we gonna give, give a? Pr- I think we should do that. Okay. And then yeah, we yeah. move on. Okay. Uh, so give me yours. So for me. I have OKC in six. Yeah. Um, I think that's probably going to be the most common. I would, yeah, I would say that. Among experts. I'm very worried, though. Like, as soon as I say that, I'm very worried because all the memories are being triggered of last year Mm -hmm. about the things. I'm just, I'm wondering if Blazers, like you outlined, can defend well enough in this series without Nurkic and Cantor's going to be in that role. I think Collins is going to be playing a lot of minutes um, down the stretch, especially if it's a close game. Maybe do like do the college thing of like offense, defense type of substitutions. But yeah, I'm a little bit worried about their scheme defensively. Yeah, I think that's fair. Honestly, like uh, mine is like very much a brain gut dichotomy. Like honestly, if you had to like hold a gun to my if you were holding a gun to my head and you were like if you don't get this exactly right you're gonna die i would honestly pick okc in five because everything about my brain is just screaming like that it doesn't like the matchup isn't good and that all blazer playoff history and things of that nature kind of are pointing towards a, a pretty quick series here i think game one which is pretty cool like it's gonna be on sunday it's on abc like mm-hmm. Obviously, the public is probably seeing this, as you pointed out, like the most interesting matchup. I'm not sure if that's the case or not, to be frank with you. But uh, the one, the other thing is, I think the Blazers, like during that King, their attitude, like as stupid as it is, like I really think this is a team that's rallied since the Nurkic went down, as opposed to like Wesley Matthews going down a couple years ago. They had this Grizzly series that I was like, oh, I think they'll win in six. And then they got like summarily a five game gentleman sweep, basically, I think. Whereas this year I can see, and there will be hopefully a little bit of nobody believes in us, like being an mm-hmm. underdog as a three seed hopefully will motivate them a little bit as opposed to like last year, maybe. Right. So my, my brain says OKC in five, and my heart says, uh, Blazers and seven, so th- I'll make Blazers and seven. My, yeah. fi- I'm not picking against my team on the it's, podcast. It's like conceivable uh, to see like Dame go crazy for yeah. like two games, yeah. CJ steal a game. But and I think then they need to win game one in order to have a chance to win the series. So I think that'll really kind of set the tone. Yeah. to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they come out. So let's move on to the other, uh, I guess like series in that quadrant mm-hmm. and who they would play in the semifinals: Denver versus Spurs. Who I mean, who do you have out of this? I, I don't have that much deep analysis. I think it could be super tricky for the Nuggets just because of the playoff experience with Pop. And I've been on the the Spurs train in the preseason that I was thinking that they would make the playoffs um, in the preseason. And I, I actually added up all the wins totals from our preview. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I'll reveal that at the end. Okay. But, um, yeah, Denver's looked really good. But... I don't know. It's like betting against Pop is tough, and that playoff experience. It's I'm I'm curious to see how DeRozan and Lamarcus Aldridge play because defensively, the Nuggets aren't gonna. I I don't think that Jokic is gonna be able to 
defend Lamarcus Aldridge at all. Mm-hmm. It's all about the who's going to be able to control the pace of this series. Yeah. And I think the experience that the Spurs have, they'll be able to do that. It's just the I don't know. Denver's looked really good this year, so it's kind of tough to go through that. They haven't been that great down the stretch, though, I don't think. Uh But no team in the West uh, other than the Warriors has really been great down the stretch. To me, actually, the key to this series will be Millsap because, like, who's guarding? That's my one problem. Like, who's guarding Millsap on the the Spurs? And he's the guy with the most playoff experience. So I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of takes more of a burn. And I think he's played really, really well this, Mm -hmm. this season in some total. So that's kind of what I'd I'd be more like I'd be pretty interested to see and kind of think might might carry them through because you are right about pop and playoff experience and such and such. And but and when you look at the top end talent, like which I think is always hugely important to do in playoff series and just be like, who's going to guard that guy? Who's going to guard that guy? I don't know. I don't. You're right about like. Jokic being able to hold up against Aldridge and I think he'll get his but like are the Spurs really going to be able to stop what what that Denver offense is able to do assuming they they hold up well Mm -hmm. I don't know it's kind of hard to tell I but I think I think that kind of coaching gap and stuff like that especially in like a first round series tends to tends to kind of go away a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was a close regular season series. Yeah. I just looked it up. It's It was 2-2, and the games were pretty much decided by uh, single digits in all yeah. the games, except the Nuggets blew out the Spurs um, in the last matchup. But it's going to – I feel like it's going to be a fairly close series, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's, like, Nuggets in seven. Yeah, I'd probably pick Nuggets in six here. I'm looking at it. It's not like my my thing. Why I wouldn't pick? Why I'm not picking the Spurs here? the The fact of the matter is, the Spurs don't have a great defense necessarily. They're 20th in defensive rating, and Denver was like one of the better offenses in the league all all season. Mm-hmm. So I'm just assuming that that'll be enough to kind of hold up. Hopefully, it'll be interesting though to see like Mike Malone. He's getting some Coach of the Year buzz, like. Right. Will he be able to kind of hold his own in that kind of playoff series are always so interesting. Like it's all about to me, like what where coaching does come into play is kind of being able to make those adjustments, you know. So if Pop comes out with some sort of wrinkle, like will he be able to match it? That that'll kind of be an interesting thing to see in the first round. And even if even if the Nuggets are able to handle things relatively easily like that might be an interesting thing to see kind of going forward do they ex- what what do the spurs expose you know and how can they come back right and combat things and i think the overarching theme about it is especially with playoff coaching it it's all about those adjustments and you're playing these teams four five six seven times in a row and all you know all the offensive sets that the team the the team that you're playing is going to run it's all about these little wrinkles and adjustments and figuring out and i think that differentiates the good coaches from like the great playoff coaches because those great playoff coaches are able to put their guys in places to succeed so i'm um, i'm kind of curious about that but 
seems like we have Denver and I have yeah, Denver. I'm, yes, I have series. Denver too. I said Denver in six. It seems like you're thinking Denver in seven. I'm going to keep track of these predictions also. Okay, so Andrew's got them written down. All right. I think we move over to the East and yep. do, and I want to do the Nets. I want to do the Nets okay. Philly series because yeah. that would actually maybe be. I'm trying to think what else, if there's any other, but I think out of the East, that's by far the most intriguing first round playoff series in in my book. So yeah, I. Hmm, everyone's kind of talking about how the Nets might. I, I think it's more like, oh, the Nets had a good year this year, like surprising year. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell's kind of grown into this like all-star type of player, and that's really exciting. I'm not that optimistic about the, the Nets' chances at all. It depends, obviously, on Embiid's health, and mm-hmm. Philly's kind of floated it out there that Embiid might not play game one. I'm not buying that at all. I think it's just kind of to throw the Nets off the scent type of thing and be like, oh, maybe Embiid's not playing, and then he's there and completely fine. Uh, I think the season series actually was Mm 2-2, so it was relatively close. And I guess my worry as um, for the Nets during this series is – Playoff basketball is completely different than regular season basketball. And over the course of the year, the Nets, I think, were able to close the gap against better teams because they're able to utilize their depth. They would go 10, 11 deep. And in playoff series, you kind of have to know who your eight to nine guys are and just kind of stick with them. And your starters are going to be playing 38 to 40 minutes probably a game and I don't know if the Nets have the top and talent to hang with the Sixers at all and you know if you think about the Sixers their their team's lacking in that depth but they have those top end guys they have Jimmy Butler Tobias Harris Ben Simmons Embiid Redick like that starting five you're gonna play 35 to 40 minutes a game like, I'm not loving my chances yeah. against that fi- starting five. If the Nets were able to push this to six, I would be happy. But I think it, it and it, it's all dependent on Embiid's health, I would say. If Embiid's out, I think all bets are off because, re- like, the way, I think they're, they're, like, under 500 if Embiid isn't playing. Yeah. And, like, they just go in the tank without yeah. him. So if he's not if he's anything, if let's say he's seventy five percent, I think the Nets have a pretty decent shot at making this a series. But if he's anything above that, I I don't really like the Nets' chances. It's funny. So I'll make the case for the Nets a little bit, and I'll be honest. I'm stealing most of this analysis from Nate Duncan's NBA podcast, but I I thought it was interesting. He was talking about kind of their defensive schemes, and he was saying that what and I agree, just from what I've watched of them, that Atkinson, what you hate the zone and stuff like that, but d- at their defensive scheme has been predicated a lot on being good at who not to guard, kind of. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can kind of utilize that a little bit in this series. You're right about Embiid completely. Like they don't have anyone to match up with Embiid really, and they're going to be screwed if he's playing a lot and playing well. In that respect, 
But, you know, can you sit back in that zone a little bit and force, like, Jimmy a Jimmy Butler to be shooting kind of over the top of it? You know, can you funnel things towards Ben Simmons and kind of have him be having to shoot or make plays, you know, and what have you? It's important to note that this starting five for the Sixers hasn't really played together that much, so there could be some kind of initial struggles in figuring out how that lineup really works in a playoff series as well. So that's something they have going for them. And a point you alluded to, even if Embiid's healthy or healthy-ish, he can't play 40. Can he play 40 minutes a game in the first round? Do they want to play him 40 minutes Probably a game in not. the first round? And when he comes out, same with like J.J. Redick, you can't play him 40 minutes, mm-hmm. can you? And when he, when those two go out, who's coming in? You know, Mike yeah. Scott, you know, a lot of Mike Simmons, Scott, a lot the of other Simmons, like yeah. McConnell, fine, but like yeah. really. So I think those are the moments where, like, if they have want to have a chance in this series, like as soon as they go out, they need to be like attacking. You know what I mean? I think like you kind of have to match up. Like, it'll be interesting to see Atkinson in his first playoff experience. Like, I think utilizing Dinwiddie. And maybe having him kind of take more of the lead in those moments where those guys are out might be kind of an interesting tact. And, like, you're right about, like, they're not going to be able to utilize their depth. They're not going 10 deep, but, like, you know. Yeah, and I think the play that you highlighted one player that's going to be hugely important. I think Karis Levert's going to be the other player Mm. that during those moments when J.J., isn't on the floor and yeah. Embiid's not on the floor. Lavert's really gonna have to take advantage of those situations against those bench bench players. Like he's better than Zaire Smith. Like there's they're gonna be players that Philly's gonna throw out there. Like I can't believe they're on in a playoff rotation, and that's where the Nets really have to capitalize. And I'm curious to see some of the rotation type of decisions Atkinson's gonna decide to make. Is Jared Dudley going to get minutes? And he's been, honestly, like, you can kind of make fun of his body shape and all that stuff, but he's playing well for them. Damari Carroll. Like, all these guys that are kind of cast-offs from other teams, are they going to be able to contribute 15 to 20 minutes a game? Yes, I agree with that completely. But I and to go back to a point you made earlier and why I would still pick Philly, I mm-hmm. probably I think I think my prediction here is gonna be Philly and six just because I anticipate them dropping a game or two as they figure stuff out and Embiid's health. I'm not ready to just assume that's gonna be okay yet. But I think you made a great point. When you go person by person on this when you consider that Philly starting five and you're like who's gonna check blank? You pretty much have no good answer for anyone. Yeah. Who's going to check Simmons? Carroll, maybe? Probably Carroll. And, and then it's like, then who's checking Butler? Like, I don't know, really. It's who's probably going Who's Levert. chasing JJ around? Like, Travion Graham, maybe? Yeah, like, I, you know, and then you, we haven't even mentioned Russell yet. And yep. whoever Russell, like, if you're sticking him on Harris, he can probably cook him you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and that's kind of at the end of the day the problem and i think you're you're right but hopefully for your sake and i think it's possible they can do enough to steal a game hopefully they give that brooklyn crowd a win at you know a win that would be it'll be interesting to see what the the playoff atmosphere in this new era is like you know you remember those 
kind of early years. The Pierce, yeah. Yeah, and it, they were Garnet. fun, like, and it was kind of fun, but, like, this is hopefully, I think there'll be kind of a more authentic feel to, to yeah, things. Yeah, so it'll, it's more like our team. Yeah, It exactly. feels like our team instead of it being bought, and so I what, don't know. So what are you, you going to predict here? I'm, I'm going Philly in six, okay. but I think it's going to be a lot. I think it's going to be very close, actually. Some of the games, I think the Nets will look back on that they lost. They're gonna they're gonna look at a couple plays and say, "Damn it, we could have had that win." Yeah. And I think that's kind of where they gain the playoff experience, and I think it's overall a positive step for the Nets this season. Um, I I don't know. I did not envision a six seed, and you know having hopefully a couple wins in a playoff series. Yeah, maybe we can maybe we can save it for the end, but I did want to actually do like a kind of now that the season's over, like your kind of overarching feelings, but maybe we can save that for the end. Uh so what do you want to hit next? I I picked that one. Do you want to pick another series from the east or yeah, do you want to go back to I mean, let's just do Should the we just rest bang of that out the rest, rest, of, oh, rest okay. of that quadrant. So Toronto, Orlando. Like is that re- like I can just choose Toronto in five, maybe Toronto in a sweep? Yeah, I'll go with the. Ge- I would probably go with the gentleman sweep. Also, I'd say Toronto in five, like, probably. Orlando's been super hot. They've yeah. been. I think they've won like eleven out of their past fourteen or fifteen games. They they had to play really good basketball to get into the playoffs because of how far back they were. And I think we kind of alluded to it in our previous podcast, but we're like, keep your eye out on Orlando. They have their, they might be able to make a playoff run and, or playoff, like be able to get the seven or eight seed. And I mean, it's kind of impressive. Jonathan Isaac's kind of growing into his own. Aaron Gordon, um, he's kind of showing something too. And, I'm I'm pretty impressed that they're able to kind of make this run and Mo Bamba's been out this whole year. Yeah. Like and they're doing it without a real point guard. <laughs> like yes. they're doing it with I I it's kind of inconceivable that they're kind they're doing it without any real point guard. So but I don't know. Toronto's I, I have and this is like a preview to I have Toronto going in the finals. Mm-hmm. I I just don't know if the Magic can really match up in this series at all. Like yeah. it, it go, and I think taking a look at all the East teams, like we're basically looking forward to the second round yeah. where we have the Milwaukee-Boston matchup and then Toronto-Philly. I think that's where it really starts in the East. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, one thing on the Magic, so I was reading Zach Lowe's, and this is just a, we were like Mo Bamba being out, and like, obviously we know Isaac, you know, Gordon, et cetera, et cetera. And I haven't watched that much Orlando, to be fair, but I consider myself a pretty big, like in the top maybe 10 to 5% of like kind of NBA percentiles. So he's doing his like favorite role players, and I see this Ken Birch, uh-huh. Orlando Magic. I don't know who the fuck that is. I <laughs> yeah. don't know who that is. I've seen him in passing. I've <laughs> no, seen him I in literally passing. didn't know who that was. So just like as it pertains to who who like the Magic and what they've done, Clifford deserves coach. He would probably be in my top three for like coach of the year balloting if I if I did it. But um so but okay, to kind of turn things and put maybe a cap on this. You're right about Orlando being hot, but Arguably the hottest team in the league, actually, when you look at like the raw 
not the raw, but the advanced metrics. Since Toronto traded for Gasol, they've kind of been pretty much unstoppable. So, you know, I have Toronto going to the finals too, if you want to spoil it. But I'm not really surprised. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you really shouldn't be surprised. Because every time we talk about the East, I think me and you both say we think Toronto is the best team or the team that kind of has the best chance to come out. But I wanted to say looking forward, because you you brought up kind of like we're really kind of just all looking forward to the second round. One thing I'd like to keep an eye on if we're looking forward and I'm monitoring Toronto's progress, I'd like to see how Kyle Lowry plays in this series because mm. I think this is when you're looking like at that top line talent, the biggest disparity is in that guard it is right. arguably in the guard play. So, and Kyle Lowry has kind of had a weird season. Like Toronto's played well, but no one's, really talked about him he's not really getting all nba consideration he's missed some games due to injury mm-hmm. so i'm just kind of interested in seeing like how he looks and i and you know when you get to those that second round where you might be matching up against you know uh you know those better guards be it you know Kyrie, bledsoe you know simmons uh, mm-hmm. you know whoever butler you know kind of how he'll hold up because he is going to have to play well if they want to get out of the East. So I'll be I'll be keeping an eye on him as, as the series progresses. But I agree. I'd pick a gentleman's sweep. I'll go Toronto in five there. Yeah. I mean, I looked at the reg- regular season. It was 2-2. So I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's like... And I think people have to realize not to take too much stock into yes. like Agreed. regular season basketball well, and who the regular knows season what the series. injury was Kawhi not playing in some of those games you know there, right. there's all, all manner back of things the coming are, off back yeah. to backs things like that like it's you it's really tough to manage that and then especially in the playoffs you're getting that rest yes. built in Good point. so you don't you're not Great playing point. you're not playing off back to backs so yep. you're all pretty much at full strength every single game yep and i think that's what people need to realize and just statistically the better team usually wins in these seven game series mm-hmm. when they, when it was in like the five game series um first round that's when there was more variability but usually they these seven game series usually go chalk, like, up until probably, like, the conference finals. Usually there's not many upsets um, in the playoffs at all. So it seems like we have Philly, Toronto going So through. do you think, to get your do official prediction, would you be so bold as to pick a sweep, or you think Toronto in five as well? I think it's Toronto in five. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think Orlando could, like – Vooch could kind of get hot. Yeah, we like didn't even mention Vucevic and yeah. how good he's been in that Vooch-Gasol uh, matchup kind yeah. of will be fun, I guess. Yeah. You know? But I don't know. I'm not tuning in. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> like, I, I'm not going to I haven't looked at the schedule, much. but you'd think there has to be some. Interestingly, the NBA, t- the first NBA TV game is actually Denver Spurs. But yeah, uh, you think this one is kind of prime for NBA TV as well? Denver Spurs... Toronto, Orlando, and then Milwaukee, Detroit, possibly. I have yeah. literally nothing to say about Milwaukee, Detroit. I, I mean, Detroit's had a good season though, and they hopefully Blake Griffin can. It's a can, sweep. Yeah, you think so? I think so? it's a sweep. Not even. It's four zero. Blake is kind of hobbled. Like yeah. he, he didn't even play in the last game of the year when that was a do or die game. Yeah. Like even though they killed the Knicks. 
it was a do or die game. Like if they didn't make it, they would have probably missed the playoffs if Charlotte won. So if he's that hurt that he can't play in a game like that, I'm not loving the chances of Detroit. And I do have have him like high up there. I think he's third team all NBA. It's just I don't know <laughs> he's not healthy. And if he's not healthy, there's no way that they're going to even be able to steal, like, one game against this Milwaukee team. Um, I mean, we could kind of talk about Milwaukee. Brogdon's been out for a while. He's not going to be coming back till the second round. There's talks about Meritage possibly coming back in this first-round matchup. But even then, they still look really solid. I mean, the fact of the matter is when you look at the, the two – when you look at the three best players on Milwaukee, like, okay, Giannis, obviously, he's a inc- arguably the MVP, and they have no one even close to being right, able right. to check him. And then you're like, even when you look at guys two and three, who's checking uh, Who's checking Bledsoe? Middleton. Have, yeah. And Middleton. So it's like, even if none of that bench that's made them kind of one of the better teams and Brooke Lopez is probably the best matchup for Drummond you have mm-hmm. I mean being able to pull him away from the basket maybe they put someone else on 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 a maybe they put someone else on Lopez but then who who's what are you going to put Drummond on Giannis or something like yeah. it's it pretty I much impossible really see it. so when you look at just any even if they were at full strength it just doesn't match up I'll pick Milwaukee in five because I uh you never know the health concerns or something. I think sweeps. I just don't tend to like predict sweeps in general. But mm-hmm. so going forward, like, what's something you'll be watching maybe as you, with an eye towards a second round series from Milwaukee? Is it is it the kind of those ancillary pieces or is it is it someone else? Well, I think it's going to be interesting because we didn't really we didn't talk about Boston, Indiana, yeah. and they're they're the match. Boston's a four seed, so whoever wins that series is playing Milwaukee. I, I mean, we could talk get into Boston, Indiana, and that's been like the really. I think a lot of media people have been talking about that being a tougher series, especially without Marcus Smart now. Yeah. And he's going to be out the first two rounds, so they're not even going to have him to guard Middleton or Bledsoe in that second round, possibly. So that's going to be really tough for them um, to get over, and I would not be surprised if they lose in that second round. Um, and even in this first round, I think... It's possible it goes to six or seven games against Indiana. Now, I was thinking that at first, um, and Smart being out obviously hurts them. But then when I like got down to it and really looked at the matchups, I don't really think there's a path for the Pacers to... I, w- mm-hmm. I would still pick the Celtics in five, actually. Okay. I think they're going to have way more problems in the second round. Because when you look at... W- the Pacers, even though they had that hot start... Shout out to my friend Kevin Tanzi. Love you, buddy. I, I wish I could predict kind of a, a Pacers upset for you here. And I was thinking just from like when I was in my like just like first takey, you know, you have your different kind of levels of, of analytics when it comes to the NBA. And just in my first takey brain, I was like, oh, the Celtics have had all this this internal locker right, room right. trouble and it, blah, blah, blah. But when you look at it, the how the to circle back to what my thought originally was. 
the Pacers really have been like a middling team since Oladipo went down. When you look at kind of their efficiency numbers and stuff of that nature, defensively they've been good. They're like a top five defense for the year in total, and their defense has been good. But offensively, I just don't see how they're going to get enough points to to beat this team more than twice max they've been and they've been doing things their best players have been Sabonis like off the bench and uh Miles Turner basically Mm -hmm. and I think Horford has done a great job of kind of locking down centers of that of that ilk and um I don't think they have anyone to match up with Kyrie at the end of the day it's going to be Darren Collison and you know what I don't know so I I think at the end of the day even without so, and Smart's great, he can lock someone down. But like, who was he going to be? Like, wow, we really needed Marcus Smart to to check Wesley Matthews. All right. respect to the god Wesley Matthews, but <laughs> I I just I just don't see it there. So yeah, you know there is is still the matter of like, what are the Celtics going to look like in this in this playoff push? And like, I've been skeptical of their ability to turn it on like i don't think like saying like oh they're gonna be fine they're gonna be fine is is the right move especially with smart out mm-hmm. but uh i i don't think the pacers are are it in that in that respect yeah i think it's more likely that like th- like i'd put the odds of like them getting swept by milwaukee in the second round higher than like this series going to seven if that makes sense okay um, I mean, the Pacers, Bogdanovich has been really good for them. Um, like, their talks about he's been probably the number one option since Oladipo's gone. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I think I see it's for me, it's either Boston in five or six. And I, I'm leaning towards six just because I think they're going to try to figure out the rotations with Smart being out. But I also think, as weird as this sounds, there might be an ancillary benefit to smart being out in that it shortens the rotation. So were you starting Hayward or Jalen Brown? Probably Brown. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I think I'm starting Brown just because of the, I would say, balance defensively it gives Boston. but And and you kind of give Hayward the rock in that second unit and just be like, here here you go. Take, take care of us uh, during this, like, eight-minute stretch or whatever. But I think what I was about to say was there's this ancillary benefit possibly that with Smart being out, it shortens the rotation, and I think there might be more defined roles for for these players and them being like, all right, here you go. Here's your uh, piece of the pie. Really just take care of this type of thing. And I'm curious to see how Tatum comes out and plays during the playoffs because he was just he, the during the playoffs last year during that um, conference finals against the Cavs, we really thought I th- and everyone thought and I I would say I was a little bit more cold on him coming out of that series into the off season with all the talk about him being this superstar um, of the future. I'm curious to see seeing if he can recapture that type of magic that he was able to show a bunch of media members, a bunch of the audience last year. I mean, I think everyone remembers the dunk over LeBron and him staring LeBron down, all that type of stuff. I wonder if he's able to recapture that for this year or if he's going to settle for Kobe 
uh, Bryant, like, 20-footers. Yeah, no, that's an interesting point for sure. And we never, yeah, you're you're right. And I think it just, that point you're making, though, just speaks to the kind of that broader problem that we the Celtics have had kind of all all year. And how is that going to suddenly go away in the playoffs? I, I don't know. It's going to be tough because they haven't really been able to figure out that division of labor and that how to do things efficiency. I think the point you made about the rotation, though, is really sm- interesting because you're looking at the defined roles thing. Like, Brad Stevens isn't going to play, like, ten guys. You If in the playoffs you usually play eight, so you got your starting five and then smarts out. So it's like, okay, Hayward, Terry Rozier, are you going to play him or are you just saying, like, you're gonna. Yeah. They're gonna. The point I'm making is, you probably have to tell one of these guys, like, you had a great season, and if something, if we need emergency, you yeah. know, I guess se- someone like Semi Ojale. Although I think he could actually be primed to play a few more minutes in the absence of mm-hmm. of Smart. So kind of that, how much he goes to the bench beyond Hayward will be kind of an interesting thing to to see. Yeah, yeah. Also. I mean, they're playing seven or eight guys, yeah. like at most. Like I don't see many of those guys playing but I think Rogier is going to be and he's struggled this year he's going to be pretty important for them with smart being out to fill both both those guard roles so I'm, I'm curious to see what happens there so in the second round it's so you're picking just for the I I got Boston in five I got Boston, Boston in six. six okay Boston in six um so it seems like we had we're going chalk in the east we didn't cover um the other west quadrant with Golden State LA I I don't really have much to say other than it's possible LA gets one game off of them because of the chippiness and like the the way they've looked just chemistry wise and it's really surprised me like Doc Rivers has kind of made this team into an actual team and this is one of the more likable Clippers teams even when they had Blake and Chris Paul and you know that that group of players it's pretty amazing how they've been able to stay afloat when they traded Tobias Harris midseason and they were still able to make the playoffs. Even then, I think dire- like their direction was just like, it would be completely okay if we went in the tank and kind of get a lottery pick and all that type of stuff. But they made the playoffs, and they get Golden State <laughs> in the first round, which is going to be really tough. Like It's either a sweep or five games, but... Yeah, I don't. I don't have much to yeah, say. Like, no, I agree. Like, I so don't. I'm gonna. Yeah, I agree. I think it's gonna be a sweep. Um, I think the. I wouldn't be. Mm, well, we'll see what happens in a possible rocket series down the stretch. But like you know, it's a tough path. Unfortunately, well, for like the Warriors to go like 16 and 0, as fun as that would be to predict. But I, I think they'll. I think they'll sweep them here. So what's the over under in total losses? Um, I have no idea. During the I don't know. I can't. My friend, so I gave that one to you about my that my friend was saying before he predicts that the the Warriors would lose six games in this in this playoff. So if it was going to be, I if it was going to, but that's the thing. I think if it's you raise the great point, so that means they have to lose like three at some point or like, Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. So let's make it four point five. What would you pick? I think I'm going over. Okay. I think I'm going, if it's 4.5, I'm going five games. Yeah, I think but five seems like the number to... Yeah, and I mean, but like I have Golden State sweep 
first round. Um, I think we both have that. I, I want to quickly move on to Houston. I don't you, like. Well, I want to say one more thing before oh, we okay. move on. Yeah. I because I do think it's important to pick something. I don't think we're going to be able to do this until the again until probably like the conference finals. So mm. going forward, though, I am interested in seeing what Demarcus Cousins' role is. Yeah. I think in this series he might have more of a place because like when they're playing Zubats and maybe Trez. You know, you can you can play him, but as you get later and later, I'm just interested to see if they like stick with Cousins or if he doesn't play as much. Like as you get into those kind of later series, the good thing is when you look at it, like the actually the Clippers series is the one series where like maybe he doesn't fit in as well because like Montrez is a little bit undersized mm. and maybe like. Draymond's actually a better matchup for him, but like when you look ahead to the Rockets, he like you can play him when they're playing. Uh, mm-hmm. Why am I? But you can oh, play Capella. him against Capella, yeah. and then like in a p- proverbial Toronto series, you can play him against Gasol. The Bucks are really the most intriguing matchup, actually. I think yeah. when it comes to like the Cousins question in and of itself, but I'm just interested in seeing what Cousins' role is as, as we go on. Yeah, yeah. We can move He's on. He's probably going to play 20 So, to wait, official minutes. prediction. Are you willing to predict a sweep here? You sweep. think the Clippers take a Bring game? the broom out. All right. Sweep both for you two as well? Yes. Okay. And then Houston, Utah, that's the final first round series that we haven't covered. And this is probably the s- first or second most interesting series, Agreed. I would say, um, out of the first round. There's a long pause here because I'm trying to get my thoughts on, like, I. I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see like how well this James Harden centric offense is going to work in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because I think we saw last year during that um Golden State series in the conference finals and how close it was and they basically just needed to make a couple more threes in that final game to go through cuz they had it. Honestly, they had it and um, they could have made the finals last year w- with all the players that Golden State had. I'm, I'm a little worried that they've they're relying on these role players that aren't going to provide them much. Like Daniel House is mm-hmm. even like I don't feel great about it. Outside of him and Chris Paul, like Capella's probably going to be playing 20 to 25 minutes a game because he'll probably be schemed off the floor maybe not in this utah series but going forward i'm kind of forecasting yeah. in the second round he might be schemed off the floor basically 20 minutes a game now how do you fill out the rest of that five it's pj tucker who's probably the one really key uh role player for them and then i don't like i don't really know who else it's gonna be and that's my worry for them i think I feel like they've lost a little too much from last year to maybe replicate what they did against the Warriors previous season. Um, and even this Utah series, it's going to be a really tough series. Utah's been playing well, and they play this really rugged style of basketball. Um, and defensively, they have Gobert, who's probably the one or two, like, I guess – the best defender or the second best defender. I mean, he'll probably win Defensive yeah. Player of the Year this exactly. year. He so, would probably be my pick. Right. So the, there's a problem there. I And that's the key for Utah. How long is 
Gobert going to be able to stay on the floor? Mm. And whether or not they split up the favors, they're probably going to have to. The favors Gobert lineup. Yeah, um, I don't think that's going to come into. I think I think I w- if I'm Quinn Snyder, I don't know. Maybe he'll give it a cursory look in game one, but I'm probably starting Jay Crowder at the four from mm-hmm. the jump and not really playing those two together much. I'm probably just making favors in my backup five for the most part. Yeah, and they're probably throwing in. Is Crowder going to be the primary defender on Harden this year? Maybe. I don't know if you saw on Twitter, there's this kind of funny clip of uh, Patrick Beverly. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Showing him how to guard Harden. So maybe, I I guess that'll probably be the primary. Do you throw uh, throw slow slow Joey, Joe Ingles at him? I don't know. I honestly think you just throw a bunch of guys at him. You're probably rotating a bunch of different guys on Harden, giving him different looks. Because, and and that's probably the thing that they're going to do. Like the thing is, I think we're giving short shrift to Chris Paul, Paul a little bit in this discussion. Though he's played re- pretty dang well since, you know, he's come back from those injuries. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if kind of D'Antoni and these guys get together and they're like, hey, listen, it's... We don't have to play how we remember last year. Like we don't have to play how we did in the regular season right now. Like obviously, Harden's going to carry a lot of that burden, but I don't think they necessarily have to do that to win this series mm. at least. So that's kind of my one my one thing I'd say about that. When you turn when you turn it to the other side, though, like you know, I'm I'm thinking about like the defense. I'm thinking about. The Rockets, they've kind of abandoned that switching system that worked so well for them. Mm-hmm. Not, not They haven't abandoned it. They still switch stuff that Harden's involved in, but they're not necessarily doing that switch everything mode well, anymore. I just don't think they have the personnel to yeah. do do the switching. So I'm kind of more interested in what they what they do defensively in this series and specifically how Donovan Mitchell is going to play, you know. Mm-hmm. He's kind of had his ups and downs. It's, but it's important to remember Utah looked really, really good last year in the playoffs until Gobert went down. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know what's hard. This is the toughest one for me to predict, and it's hard for me it's to to kind of say a lot about it scheme-wise until I watch a game or two, Yeah. to, to I, be honest I with you. I don't know, like, like, I'm leaning Houston in six, but it's, like, Utah's played extremely well, so maybe they get it to seven, but I don't. I don't know. Like, I just think Gobert at the end of games, like, how much are you going to be able to realistically play him? Well, and the only thing is, I don't know how much, if at the end of the day, the hard, they do, the Rockets do have that hardened ISO bullet, and Gobert really isn't going to be a factor when it comes to g- defending that. So, you know, I, I would go Rockets in seven, though, just because I think people are underrating the, the Jazz a little bit. Uh, hopefully, this will, this is. Probably the most intriguing series f- yeah. for my money, though. So Yeah, Utah, I think it's going to be Houston in seven as well. Um, I'll give it to them. It's going to be Houston in seven. And that kind of sets up, like, the second round. And, like, I think there's some real – I think the second round is where the playoffs really, yeah. really start. Yeah, this isn't a great slate of, of matchups, to, to be completely honest right. with you, but that's usually the case in, in the first round of the right, NBA right. playoffs, as you alluded to. Yeah, and we're going to work our way into it. But, like, 
we've made our predictions for the first round, and I think it's we've pretty much agreed on everything except for that Portland OKC series. Yeah. Um, do you want to give our like conference finals finals picks? Yeah, and then I'd just be like, fine with doing then, that, and then giving our winner. Yeah, I'd be fine with doing that. Why don't Why don't you go first? Though? Okay. <laughs> because I'm yeah, yeah. I mean, in the conference finals in the East, I think this is going to be the really, and I have Toronto going through against Philly, and I I'm gonna I'm not gonna really comment too much on each like individual yeah, series. I'm gonna just yeah, give a, give that's my picks. Completely fair. So Toronto over Philly, and then Milwaukee over Boston, and I th- like I'm. I think we're pretty different on this in terms of you feeling like there's more of a chance of Milwaukee sweeping Boston or you still pick Milwaukee over Boston though. Did you say? I yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm, I, th- I think, <laughs> I think I'm still picking Milwaukee, but I think it's going to go to seven. And like, I basically wrestled with this for a long time. So I think it's Milwaukee and Toronto in the conference finals in the East I think the Toronto series goes to seven games as well okay. against Philly. And and then in the West, I think Golden State beats Houston, I would say in six. And then I think I have OKC beating Denver in six games. So I guess we'll come back and do the finals at the end. Yeah. So okay. you give your conference So we all have thing. the same winners. Um I'm gonna once again. I'm willing to go out on a limb there. I, you know, I, I'm a. It'll be interesting. We'll have to see their concerns with this Bucks team and uh, in the playoffs, and we've outlined those. But I'm just gonna roll. I I I don't know. I just kind of believe they just have. I don't know. At least as get in getting to the conference finals, I trust them more than Boston because Boston just hasn't shown me anything. And people, what they did in the in last year's playoffs to me doesn't matter. It was mm. a fundamentally different team with a different mo. Yeah. So I don't have the the. I don't think they're going to necessarily implode, but I don't know. I guess they will because I'm picking Milwaukee in five there. I just oh, don't trust their ability okay. to turn it on. And if it's Milwaukee in five, all the stories coming yes. out of Boston. Austin, it's going to go crazy. That just seems like the most likely thing to happen there. I, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but yeah. you know that that's where I'm, where I'm going. And then I'd go Toronto in six over over Philly. Okay. I just think they're a pretty good matchup mm-hmm. there. And I think that's of uh, the series where... I think that's the series where uh, the Sixers' lack of depth and kind of the problems in the construction of that team really could come out. And where right. I think... Toronto's just a better constructed team. So I'll go Toronto in six there. Golden State, I'll actually... I, I kind of favor Golden State rolling in the West. Mm. I do like the Rockets, and I've always said I think the Rockets are the second best team in the West. But as I look at it more and more, I I think you're right. Like I think that Rockets team was... like, And it's been said a million times, was like built to compete with the Warriors. And I think this one wasn't built right. to compete with the Warriors. It's just not as well constructed. So I think I think Golden State wins in five against the Rockets. And then um it would be absurd of me to honestly pick the Blazers going to the conference finals. I would love for Please that to it. happen. 
But nah, it doesn't. Like, uh, I'm going to pick Denver. I'll pick Denver in six over the Blazers. They haven't matched up that well against them. And I like Denver as kind of a contrarian. Do Mm -hmm. I feel good about it by any means? No. And if I had picked OKC, I probably would have picked OKC also. But, you know, whatever. (laughs) Who cares? Uh, Yeah. So that's that's we do have some different. I kind of favor the the top two seeds and rolling both, yeah. a little bit easier and I have Denver where you have OKC so that's that's interesting. Yeah, and I think a couple potential storylines coming out of this out of our predictions are Boston, what happens with Kyrie, Anthony and the Sixers too. Anthony the Sixers Davis. Would, the right. Sixers would be very like there it would be we're both predicting a pretty disappointing result for the Sixers and going into their offseason with Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris like who do they up. choose do they pay both guys yeah. or do they choose one and guy And maybe there's the questions other? about Ben Simmons. Right. If he doesn't perform well, you know, maybe there're questions about Joel Embiid if his health doesn't doesn't hold up. Right. So. And I think that's the cost in that second round in the East, whichever teams lose, even if it's Milwaukee, even if it's Toronto, because Kawhi, if they lose in the second round, Kawhi's gone probably, yeah. most likely gone. And we haven't talked about that at all really this season, but that's like one of the underlying issues For sure. with Toronto. So I wonder what happens there in the East. And then in the West, like Houston, like if they lose to Golden State, I think people will just be like, yeah, you lost to the best team in the league and yep. probably going to win the championship again this year. And I wonder how they reload during the offseason and whether or not Daryl Morey ends up making decisions based on, like, I I think he made some cost-saving decisions this year. Like, yeah. Trevor Reza, we don't really need you. Like, because we're not willing to pay that much money uh, for you, so I'm curious to see what types of decisions he decides to make. And you have Denver, I have OKC. If OKC doesn't make it out, like there's going to be a lot of questions on how to rejigger that roster because they don't have much flexibility at all with them paying Westbrook. Paul George now is on the books for long term, and um, Stephen Adams as well. So I I, I don't know what yeah, else you kind agreed. of do around them. And I think for Denver, if if things go as I predict, I think that'll kind of be a like I think if they lose, if they lose in the first round, maybe there are questions. But given that it's their first year, kind of in yeah, the I playoffs, think, yeah. I think if they lose like in the second round or whatever, not a big deal. I think people are gonna just be like whatever. I think what I would if what I predicted to happen happened. I think there'd be more of a narrative of like, wow, Denver's coming along quicker than we expected. Right. They're for real, maybe. And Jokic has a greater national spotlight mm-hmm. on him as well. Totally. So let's do our finals picks. And I think it's fairly easy. Golden State's rolling through OKC, maybe five, six games. I it, And I think KD's going to be extremely motivated to like, show them what's up and i'm going between five or six i think it's gonna be six though um oh you said six yeah yeah okay so i think it's gonna be six games there and then in the east i have toronto going to the finals um and this brings about questions of does Kawhi stay or leave and if they make it to the finals and he ends up leaving that's gonna be freaking crazy to leave a finals team <laughs> yeah. like that. 
Um, Toronto in how many just for posterity? Toronto, I'm going in full seven games. Yeah. Yeah. So what about yourself? Um, I'm going to say Golden State over Denver in five. Uh, it would be interesting to see, like, how Jokic could factor in. But I think this is the thing about the Warriors. I think they're capable of pretty much scheming any center off the floor pretty yep. much. And I yeah. think they'd be able to do that in this series. Although it would be interesting to see doing that would require kind of sidelining Cousins a little bit, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, so that would be interesting. But I'll say uh, Golden State in five. And I agree with you. It's dumb. It's interesting that we both have Toronto coming out of the East because I don't think the average NBA fan would necessarily agree with that and i think this is that's kind of the area where we could be like proven foolish a little bit totally but uh i agree with you i don't have much to say beyond that i also have toronto and seven and the points about Kawhi would stand completely it could look like in about a month if toronto ends up flaming out in the second round it could look completely foolish for making a a these picks like there's still like signs there like i think the kyle lowry point that you brought up earlier in the podcast definitely stands true like oh lowry can't get it done all this type of stuff and then Masai blows it up and if they lose but if they get to to the finals isn't Masai ujiri like kind of vindicated for what he did um in trading demar for Kawhi. yeah 100 percent. i think he's vindicated even if they flame out so right. i don't really because i think that path of blowing it up if they if Kawhi leaves is preferable to what probably would have happened going down the road with with Lowry and DeRozan. So I think he's vindicated regardless, but obviously yeah, he looks like a genius if yeah. if if they do make the finals. Yeah, and then in the finals, who do you have? I have Golden State. I, it's not even fun. I'd pick Golden State in 6 because I yeah. think Toronto does match up interestingly. You know, mm. Kawhi checking KD would kind of be fun. Yeah, Danny Green could follow Clay yeah, around exactly. those screens. Yeah, exactly. So like that'd be but I think the thing is at the end of the day I don't know, whatever. It's boring. I think at the end of the day, like Toronto, what kind of pushed them over the edge was Gasol, and I don't think Gasol is really going to be able to... I don't think he'd be able to really hold up. Like, the path to Toronto winning would be Gasol, like, holding up and playing really well all the way through the playoffs, yeah, and, and I don't see that happening. But I do see I do see them doing enough to give them a decent run, so I'd, I'd pick Golden State in seven. And in the f- I mean in six in the finals. And we haven't touched on Serge or Pascal Siakam. No. Uh, of course, for, for Toronto, and I think that's where it could get interesting if that's this true. is a potential that's matchup. True. So if you throw out a group of Lowry, Danny Green, Kawhi, Siakam, and Serge, yeah, like that five is mobile enough yes. that they can compete with the Draymond, you know that the the yeah. five of now agreed Draymond, Steph, Katie, Clay, and Iguodala. Or whatever it is, yeah, like they they would be able to match up pretty well against this team. It's just not as good as Golden State. Yeah, five. and that's the case with any of these teams. To yeah. be honest with you, uh, the Bucks would be an interesting matchup too, and probably could go toe toe to toe. But I think the same problem you run into. I think actually Toronto's better suited than uh, than the Bucks to solve that problem I mentioned 
because Brook Lopez isn't playing in a Warriors series that Dev, much. And you, it would be very interesting to see kind of Giannis at the five and what their version of the death lineup yeah. could do. And mm-hmm. maybe we'll see that at some point in the playoffs regardless. Yeah. But I, I just think don't you run think into the same problem no matter who from the East you're, you're throwing up yeah, there. Yeah, and I don't know who the fifth guy is for Milwaukee. Yeah. Because it's conceivably Brogdon would be back. Brogdon, I don't know, Chris Middleton, Giannis, and then it gets into like Miritich. Well, Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's I I don't know the Miritich. That's the problem. And is he going to be? He's probably no. Not I don't think he would. I think he's more of a luxury piece. I think mm. it would be something. I think you're. It would be like Bledsoe, Brogdon, Middleton. Yeah. Giannis, and then who's that fifth guy? That's yeah. that's. I the guess problem. it would be Miritich. But yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I think it's. It's not a surprising pick, and I'm kind of hoping and so. Do you for think things. Golden State in five or six? Or I'm what going six. Okay. Yeah. So, I think we're pretty attuned to like the same things, and maybe Siakam we, would be as how Siakam plays in the playoffs. Given his, he'll probably win Most Improved Player this year, and is probably a fringe All NBA guy for some people. Right. If you were really, really down on LeBron James and mm-hmm. wanted to take that, we'll get an All NBA in a second, but if you wanted to take that contrarian route, he's probably kind of, or maybe him over Blake Griffin. Like There are some people who probably are considering him a fringe All NBA guy. Yeah. So seeing how he holds up in these playoffs will will be fairly interesting. I feel bad, actually, that we hadn't brought him up until, until now. And the shooting has like really yeah. really improved yep. like from the outside to the point where <coughs> he can space out the floor and he's a threat um from three so he's definitely one of those really interesting players and pieces to build around for the future for toronto so we gave our prediction so hopefully they're i don't know i'm kind of rooting for some craziness to happen because why not and in the nba it usually does go chalk but the level of play and execution is extremely interesting yeah. in comparison to and like what we watched in the NCAA Agreed, tournament. and I think, unfortunately, because we are kind of in lockstep on our views of the East, we underrated like how cool that East second round series is going to oh, be. Oh, it's going to be and great. And how much is going to be on the line for those underdogs, meaning the Sixers and the Celtics, assuming they make it out of the first round. Like That's going to be an absolute blast to watch. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. So I guess I wanted to move on now yeah. from our playoff series prediction type of stuff to not not get the All-NBA. I think we'll get to that in a little bit. But the one thing that I did want to talk about is like storylines coming out of this season into next into the offseason and then into, into next year. So Dave Yeager gets fired. And like... <laughs> Like, that was kind of crazy. Yeah. Like, all I really did was laugh because Sacramento seemed... And, like, there's this, all this talk about Vladi Divac kind of consolidating all this power, and it seems like he's just whacking guys off to, like, not throw him off his throne. So, I don't know what they're really doing there. Yeah. I don't know who they're going to hire, and I don't know how they're not encouraged by the development of De'Aaron Fox and all these guys. Um, Bagley kind of showed something later in the year. I don't know what they're doing. So that's like kind of a question as to what who they're going to bring in to develop 
and, and continue the, this development. No, it's no, you're right. I mean, it's hilarious, like how badly, like, okay, so you talk about even like the Lakers, like this franchise that's failing upwards, kind of. Uh huh. And the Kings, just when it looked like they had like turned a corner, like, cause remember, like, they were bad. It's yes, but and it's not like they like built this team through like um, incredible cunning like and stuff like that it, they kind of just happen <laughs> yeah and they just kind of happen to get what they get and like got and like buddy heels happen to kind of come on and give them some credit i mean they had like they traded them right, but yeah. i don't even know let's go back to even the bagley thing yeah it's good that bagley worked out but Don they Chich. still drafted him over i would say three players that are probably going to be better than him Trey Young, and i jaren think jaren Jackson? jackson's yeah. gonna like i think jaren jackson has a better chance to be an all-star than bagley is mm. so when, it's like i don't know i don't fucking know like what to even say about it like it's insanely stupid that they're yeah, it's really stupid it's to fire I, to fire Dave Yeager. <laughs> he engineered. He would be my coach of the year, actually. He was in my top three. Yeah, maybe second. I think. Yeah. I think he was second or third behind Bud, Bud, and maybe Doc. Yeah, but like other than that, I don't know what. Like, I don't really know what they're doing. And it'll be interesting to see what the reverberations here. If you're, d- we don't know a lot about like De'Aaron Fox as a guy. But I don't know what is if you're Darren Fox, what's your thought process? I don't know what the relationship is like, but yeah. it smacks of firing Mike Malone ten games into the season. Yeah. Like, yeah. aren't you going to be like, wait, what the fuck? Like, yeah, and this is my guy, and we had I don't know if it's his guy yeah, or not, yeah. but like this guy led us to this great season, and like we're yeah. seeming to be on the up and up, and and he's gone. Like, yeah. what does that mean for me? Like, what is that? That to me, I'm like that means I could be gone. Like. At the whim of this fucking idiot. Because Devot, like, there's no way he's a good GM. I'm sorry. Like, I believe that there are good people in that King's front office front office who are capable and could pull strings but to me i just i'm sorry there's nothing to me that's shown that like vade D- vade divat is like gonna like him having more power is going to be a good thing for the franchise so i think it's in un- like i'm just like disappointed kind yeah, of yeah. like i guess would be how how i would mm-hmm. how i feel what i don't know what about you do you have anything else no, to kind of no, add on that i just wanted to bring it up to kind of get you riled up and then bigger jb bigger staff got let go yeah uh, that one's from more Memphis. interesting that was like, interesting like i i don't know if he was put in the position to succeed with yeah. the team like and especially with i don't know i don't know how that team was able i think early on in the year, Para wanted that that team to like make a playoff <laughs> yeah. run, and they just didn't because like they got old like quickly, and like they paid Chandler Parsons that huge ass contract. So I don't know like what he was. I expecting. just think it's dumb, and w- I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you no, off no, no. because I pretty much agree with you. Yeah, it's just interesting like that the three teams that fire their coaches are the teams with like batshit owners, pretty much. Mm. And b- but the thing about Para and the firing of Bickerstaff, like I don't have that much of a problem with it. But like, why did you keep him on after last? Like when he right, was this right. interim coach, why did you keep him on after last year to fire him now? Like especially like this, like if you're like Jaron Jackson, like 
I don't know. Wouldn't you have wanted to keep some sort of consistency with yeah. like why not? Br- why didn't you bring in a guy last year? I don't know. It's so just like it just kind of build around that. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's slightly. It's definitely more defensible than the Jaeger firing because you know there will be a like I'm assuming they're gonna look to like kind of one of these younger, younger kind of assistants. The Blazers have a couple guys. Uh, you have Messina, the Spurs guy. Like I think he's finally going to get a job this year. Mm-hmm. I think the Kings apparently are looking towards him uh, yeah. for for the for their vacancy. So you know it's slightly more defensible, but I just don't get like I don't know. I think it's important for these teams, especially when you're rebuilding, and the Grizzlies aren't completely rebuilding, but they're close. Um, you know, we'll see if they keep their pick this year. But, like, you want to have some sort of coherent, unified theory behind the team, and none yeah. of these teams seem to have well, that. Well, yeah, I think my point is Para wanted them to make the playoffs yeah. early in the season, and then it shifted. Yeah. And that's where they're like, okay, now I guess probably midway into the season, once they traded Gasol, they're like, all right, bigger staff is probably gone, and we're doing a full reset around Jaron Jackson. I guess, but to, are they going to trade Conley? Because now if they trade Conley, it's kind of stupid because, like, you should have traded him at the deadline when yeah. his value was higher. And instead, they did the loyalty play. Apparently, Conley was like, I don't want to go to Utah or the mm. Pacers. And they were like, okay. Yeah. But now you're going to trade him to some mystery team for or you're not, and then it kind of goes against the whole theory of them rebuilding. So I don't know. I'm just like, what's the direction? Yeah, yeah. And we don't really have to talk about Larry Drew because that's – and he got fired from Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see what route they go. I don't know. I could see that one resulting in the most off-the-board hiring. Yep. Like, yep, totally. I don't know. Like a college coach or like Becky Hammond or something. Yeah. I w- <laughs> Becky Hammond as the Cavs. Oh, that would be just amazing. For like the – not to say Becky Hammond could be a great NBA no, coach no, someday, course, not, but just like in terms of like that Cavs franchise and like just, just the dif- dysfunction and yeah. All right, so you mentioned the Lakers. I think we have to kind of talk about it for like five minutes. Why and don't you just like give me your? I've done my rant on the Lakers already. No offense, like I feel like I've been vindicated, and I feel like I've just. I think we mutually have nailed it pretty yeah much. we both said that because the last time we talk, go back and listen to our lakers takes pretty on pretty much and i think if you like just photoshopped a clip in you of uh, you, uh, you being like and maybe magic will resign like i think we pretty much nailed where they're going from here so i i don't have that much more to say the only I guess the only thing I do want to say about it is that the the manner as to yeah. how Magic did it was like in a press conference. I'm too scared to confront Genie Bus about like doing this, and like from the language that he spoke during the press conference was, "Hey, I'm." too scared to fire Luke Walton because I don't want to meet the wrath of Genie Bus was kind of what I got out of it, yeah. which was really funny to me. And like it seems like Palenka's staying on, so I don't really know what they're doing with that team. And it's just yeah, I'm not exactly sure. And where this goes in the offseason, we've talked about it. That's all I wanted to say. I just think it's really interesting like how magic ha- can kind of just do this and everyone's just like 
Yeah, he's Magic Johnson. He can do I, what no, he wants. Is anyone really doing that though? I feel like it's pretty universally like what pants. What is, like yeah. what the fuck is wrong with this guy? He owns like he was known as this great businessman prior to taking this job. You've never fucking fired someone before. Yeah. <laughs> it just shows. And by the way, that's that was said on on Zach Lowe's podcast. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of stealing a yeah, point yeah. from him, but it just shows how like I have no hope for this. Friend, I have no hope for the Lakers, honestly. Like, mm -hmm. I think it's just going to continue to be a clown show. Like, Genie, like, not shitting on Genie Bus necessarily, but like, maybe they'll bring in like David Griffin or like. I think the one thing that could save them is if they can steal Bob Myers from Golden State. Apparently, They're that's about floating around a Bob little bit. Myers, and that's maybe. What's it called? Sam Presti. So if they like, get some, if somehow one of these guys are willing to come in and. I know that on its face, like, it looks like the perfect job, but this, unless I am getting complete freedom to remold the organizational structure, I don't want the job. Right. Like, I don't want the job to be another cog in this, like, it's run like... A, like if you watch Bar Rescue or something, like <laughs> where it's like this family-owned restaurant or or like Kitchen Nightmares, like these family-run businesses with like dysfunctional dynamics, right, right. like that's what this billion-dollar, like the most arguably, other than like the Yankees, like and like the most beloved and prestigious sports franchise. I don't know. Like, it just, like, tires me out. So, unless they hire one of those guys, like, I have no confidence in this getting better. I think they're going to plug in and play with, like, they're going to bring back Phil or some shit. And then th it's going to be the same shit, and I just don't even want to talk about it anymore. All right, so let's move on. Um, <laughs> on, on the other side of the playoff picture are obviously the lottery teams. Mm. And talking about the... Who's going to get Zion sweepstakes is going to be interesting. The Knicks, I think. Yeah, I'm going to pull it up right yeah, now. Yeah, so the Knicks are had the worst record, and there's potential for them to get Zion. And out of, out of all the teams in the lottery, who would you like to see Zion? I think we talked about this a little bit in the last... I don't know. Who do you? Because I, I think it would be fascinating to see him on the Knicks. Yeah. Just like with all this, all this stuff that is going to happen. There's a lot of talk. Kyrie and KD are going to go there. Could you imagine that? Like it would just be a ridiculous threesome. And I wonder if they just they're like they hold the number one pick, trade him for AD. Yeah, like, I think we talked about this actually, yeah, yeah. and I off the pod, uh, and I said to you that like. I thought if they got the number one pick, they would trade it. Like, I don't think that happens that often in the NBA where, like, you simultaneously have a number one pick and this superstar talent. Yeah. So, and we talked about, like, if you're the Pelicans, would you rather have, like, Zion, maybe Kevin Knox and Mitchell Robinson, or, like, Brown and Tatum? And we thought, like, that was an interesting kind of yeah, toss-up. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see that come to fruition. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty well established. If not them, who is there any other team you're looking towards? Like, it would be. How about I'll say this? I think it would be interesting if, after all this, New Orleans won the lottery and got Zion. That'd be like that'll freaking hilarious. <laughs> like, does yeah, yeah. I don't know. And that'd then I think Chicago really is the other one, like because they actually have like 
other good players kind of would be youngish players. I think Atlanta's yeah. interesting also. Like yeah. I think most of them are are it's fairly interesting. They could use them. Any of these teams could use them. So I think that'll be fast. I think it's like sometime in May they're doing the draft lottery. So yeah. I'll definitely be tuning in. Let's into do that. it. I'm on Tankathon right now. You can sim the lottery. Okay. Let's simulate a lottery right now All and right. then we we can discuss what we think the implications would be. So I simulated it. It has your second favorite team, the Washington Wizards, oh which Lord is arguably Lord. the worst Zion team. That would be amazing. <laughs> I, Washington fans would simultaneously be happy that they got, got Zion and then just look at John Wall's contract. That would and be so incredible. Yeah, it would just be it would be incredible if that happened. So I don't know. Like it, it it's gonna be fascinating because we haven't had a player like this enter the league since Anthony Davis, probably. Right, so of this stature, so yeah, and people are talking about him like he's as good as LeBron, possibly since LeBron. So I don't know. It'll be fascinating to see what Zion. Yeah, I'm sure we'll come back and do one of these post post draft lottery. And then there's two other points. So we'll talk about all NBA last, but really quick, Dirk Wade legacy. Like I think everyone's been talking about it last games for both of them um, to close out. I think one of the interesting things is where they rank in your all-time best, I don't know, players and it's fo- Yeah. But, like, I I don't know. I, like, don't know. I feel like you're a better person to talk about this. To be honest, like, <laughs> you were like, let's talk about Wade and LeBron and, like, to be fair, like, just to be honest in my NBA fandom, like, one, I don't really ha- consider myself someone who has a lot of good historical context for yeah. the league. Like, to me, I think it's a futile gesture for me to be, like, obviously Wade's arguably, like, the third. I think Wade versus Kobe will be a fun, like, in 10 years debate. I think it's impossible to do it right now yeah. because the specter of Kobe is still lingering. But I think it'll be funny to see, like, I don't know, like NBA fans who are a little younger than us, like as statistics advance and stuff like that, mm-hmm. if there's like an anti Kobe kind Stat, of I think yeah. people are too afraid to bash to on bring him. him to like be like, oh, maybe Kobe's a little overrated right now. So yeah. I think that'll be interesting to do in a few years. But anyway, like I don't know. Like I don't really feel good about like my ability to place them in any sort of historical context. And they're like the last generation of players that I didn't like, I didn't watch that finals, like, yeah. that 2006 Six. finals. You maybe did, so maybe Ooh, you have a little was, bit of a better... <laughs> I mean, it was brutal to see both, like, the refs and the... Like, Wade was unbelievable, but I think it's just overshadowed by what the refs did. And, like, I don't know. Dallas should have won that series, honestly. But, uh, I don't know. Like, I think Wade honestly is probably top four or five guard ever five or yeah guard right. including point guards Ye- or yeah like shoot i'm i'm saying shooting guard. okay sorry, yeah, that's sorry. that's shooting why guard. i was yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay jordan kobe like i don't i he might be third actually jerry west if you want to throw him in there oscar i guess robertson's the point guard but you know you he's in the discussion yeah, for, for sure. top five or so and then dirk is probably like fourth best all time third best all time f- uh, power forward like 
That's you, why I don't have the list. Like, I'm staring at you yeah, blankly because I don't like have the idea off the top of my head. He's probably Tim Duncan. Be, he's probably behind Duncan. Who's number two? Yeah, and he might be number two. <laughs> like that's that's the thing. Like yeah. unless you want to throw in like Malone, but he never did it um, on the championship stage. Obviously, yeah. it was against Jordan. But he's pro, and now he's sixth in the sixth all time in scoring. Like you're not gonna ever take that away from Dirk, and the fact that he stayed with one team for his one championship that like well that Wade stayed with one team also just to be and uh, like most of it the Bulls uh, he and did the yeah <laughs> I mean uh, yeah the Cavs. I wonder if he won I wonder if he. Bulls, I wonder Cavs? if he. I know it's funny because I just so strongly so. I wonder if he regrets that, like, Con- yeah, that's aspect what I'm, of his and like, I think legacy. He, yeah. Like, if that, I don't know. It's I don't not think that people it will care. I barely it. remember. It's not that it so. tarnishes it. It just like, oh, <laughs> like he was on Cleveland and he was on on the Bulls. It's like, oh, it would have been very nice if he just stayed with one team yeah. for for his whole career. But they're they're kind of. And I think it was mentioned on the Simmons podcast or the Low podcast that these are the last two guys that pretty much stayed on one team for their whole career. And if that's like, is that gonna be the case case in the future? Mm. Like with LeBron moving around, KD's been moving around now. He's rumored to go to the Knicks. Like, are there guys? And maybe Steph is that guy for Golden State, and he just has his whole career there but it seems like players are wired in a different way and not like programmed to think hey i want to win one for this city it's more like what can winning a championship do for my brand yeah i don't know we'll have to see what this because you're right as it pertains to this than this current generation of superstars, but I don't know. Will Luka Doncic play for three different teams? Will Trey Young play for three different teams? I really don't know. And I w- I hope Giannis stays in Milwaukee. I and think does Giannis that. will. I I I would bet on Giannis staying in Milwaukee's whole career. He seems like a different guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe the foreign, not to be like reductive, but maybe like a European-born player. Yeah, I would like. Love I don't know. Has a slightly different view on things i like when it comes to the team loyalty versus the player movement and stuff i wanted to say before you moved on Dwayne wade was like as i started to kind of get into the nba and like kind of that 2008 to 2010 Mm -hmm. um era i was always mostly a blazer fan but the only i wanted to say that the only other um piece of nba apparel i've ever bought or been gifted or like asked for. I've mm-hmm. gotten some like free. I had an Anad Kristich Nets jersey I got <laughs> after going to a game. <laughs> yeah. The only other piece of NBA apparel I ever wanted that wasn't a blazer, uh, wasn't a blazer jersey or whatever was uh Dwayne Waite L Heat. I had like a jersey. Oh yeah, yeah. Because I love my maybe my favorite NBA highlight of all time is that buzzer beater against I think the Charlotte Bobcats mm-hmm. where he steals the ball and he hits like kind of a like almost half court jumper and then yep. he gets up on this on the stanchion and yeah. he's doing the this is my house thing like that gives like I watched that like over and over and over as I was getting into the I think because that was maybe oh nine ten or ten eleven and that was like mm. the first year I was really into the NBA and I watched that over and over and over and I. 
got a like L Heat jersey for Christmas that that year. Yeah, so I mean, it's crazy. Those are two of the top twenty to twenty five players ever, and we're not going to see them anymore. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah, uh, one thing I wonder, just going forward, like are are these farewell tours? And this has been talked about on other other podcasts also. Do we ha- are we gonna have to start doing that? Like next year, are we gonna have like the Jamal Crawford farewell <laughs> tour where <laughs> like, like he's what getting level a gift. Yeah, yeah, I wonder because Kobe kind of pioneered this in a way. I wonder if like how commonplace this is gonna become the th- in the NBA now. The thing is, Wade made it a thing. Dirk didn't. Yeah, which I but liked. Dirk got it though for. Even though we didn't even announce, like yeah. he was getting it to some extent when, with Doc Rivers, yeah, making everyone give him a standing ovation, what, like things of thing, that nature. At least it was organic. Yeah, it came about organic where Wade kind of did the jersey. Th- like he, did. I like the jersey thing though. That was I think, cool. I it was think like that's a, cool. But I'm a soccer I'm just guy wondering too. if other yeah. people. Uh, my boy Kevin Herter got a got a jersey. That's what I mean. Did you see the Emmanuel Moutier? We never talked about this. Like yeah, Emmanuel Moutier asking and like D Wade. Being like, ah, I already <laughs> gave it to. I forget who he gave it to, Was like it Dennis Murray Smith or, or something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so. Uh, um, oh, Dennis Smith. Yeah, that's hilarious. And then I think Moutier got it. Yes, post, he did yeah, after. After, so it's kind of funny. Um, let's go into all NBA real okay, quick. We have to like run through this. Yeah. but I we talked about this. At so other we talked points about MVP. Season. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm still on Giannis camp. Are you still in Harden camp? Yeah, but it's switch. It's like become less. I was like feeling pretty contrarian and good, and like as I've thought more and more about it, I I don't really care that much anymore. I would still say Harden, but yeah. like I would put it at like fifty two forty eight basically okay. split. But let's let's just run through all NBA real quick. Okay. Uh, um. So yeah, first team, maybe just see where we differ. Like I don't really need to get into that much of an in depth yeah. discussion first team, about it. I have Jokic, Giannis. Paul George, Steph, and Harden. Now, here's an interesting thing um, just that I've thought about. I think I had – that was – I think I actually had AD, and now he's fallen out of things. Yeah. So I agree. I would have Jokic as my first team center. Some people would have Embiid. I have Curry, Harden, and Giannis. What do you think about, like wh- – what about – Kevin Durant, like, has George fallen off enough in these last few games where, it's, like, it's kind of weird over? because you had Durant in your MV. I was, I'm pissed at you. You didn't have Damian Lillard in your top five for MVP, and I think that's indefensible. Oh yeah, now, now it's kind of switched. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like the the more that I think about it, Dame's probably number five. But I'm just thinking about like all NBA versus. Yeah, yeah. All NBA. I'm just thinking about all NBA versus MVP. I'm like. Should all NBA just kind of like what should the balance bet- between like great season and like best guys be? Yeah, kind of you and know like most valuable to their team. Yeah, and like all that kind of a mix. So I I think I'd have the same thing, but my biggest like I really considered putting Kevin Durant on there. Yeah, and I I mean even looking at the second team, I have Dame clearly as that as that guard. Yes, as one of the guards, like between Dame and Steph. Like, I would say more people have Dame well, in their so MVP funny, top five, but, ha- but then have Steph in their first And I team. think that's that balance of, like, most valuable versus best season kind right. of thing. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, Dame's done probably more with less yeah. on the team and, yeah. like, hasn't had, to, hasn't had as many breaks and things like that. So, maybe he is considered first-team All-NBA, but it's just, like... A, 
I feel like the consensus is like Steph. No, it number is. One. And I would have Steph too. I would have the same the same first team as you. Yeah, and then second team is Dame, Kyrie, Kevin Durant for me, Kawhi, and then Embiid. Yeah, agreed. So I think that brings. I think the third team is where you have the most interesting yep. kind of because who are the guards? There are a plethora of options. And so then who's I, your, I feel a who's your center? I, Gobert or Towns? Yeah. Is an so interesting so my guards also. are Russ and Bradley Beal. Yeah. That's that's what yeah. I guessed. Yeah, and you I, would I mean, do like Russ. What in the midseason, like all NBA podcasts that we did, I had Russ third team, and you're kind of like really Russ is shooting but I think he's gotten better over the second half of the year and shot it better yeah to make it a little bit more defensible and I looked at the other guards and I was like Kemba Walker like maybe he's the only one that I could have but Clay I think has an interesting argument statistically yeah. he's not there but if you're just thinking of best guy yeah you could maybe make that argument That's too true. uh Drew Holiday is another guy you could make a point statistically he's had a really yeah. really good season and has kind of been the only good thing to come out of that Pelicans team but uh just to spoil things I would have the same guard lineup as you Westbrook's played well enough down the stretch and I think is important enough to his team where he deserves that third team and leaving him off is just like I don't know. It's not bad. I wouldn't hold it against anyone who like mm-hmm. left him off. And I, sp- I think Clay or Drew are are worthy guys, but neither of those guys have done. Like I don't know. I'm in terms of just like quote unquote what they've done in the grand scheme of things. I think it's important, and I think Beal's just too good of a player like to leave yeah. off. It sucks that he's sequestered on that miserable yeah. Wizards team, but he's c- still contributed to winning basketball and been a winning player. So totally. I think I think it's it kind of su- like the Kemba thing is probably the toughest omission just because of like the yeah. season he had and the way he started was like amazing. But yeah. he kind of fell off towards yep. the end. Um, forwards, Blake, LeBron. Agreed. Yeah, I think leaving. I think my LeBron. I think I had LeBron on third team at midseason. Yep, and, and I that was, was like, a difference. Whoa, okay. And I think I was vindicated pretty well. I think he had just gotten hurt around yeah. that time, you know. But I think leave like LeBron James has to be an All NBA player. Like it, he averaged twenty eight eight and eight. Like yeah, yeah. That's it, pretty exactly. much. And Blake deserves to be rewarded for his season. Mm-hmm. So and he drove that Pistons team to the playoffs yeah. when. Without him, they they're nothing. So yeah. it's pretty impressive that he was able to. He probably had his best season ever, and yes. like a lot of people are, he's just quietly doing it in Detroit. It's kind of interesting to see if he did something like that with the Clippers or in a big bigger market. People would have been like, "Oh, look at Blake Griffin!" Like all this type of stuff. And then uh, center, I'd go Bear. I, yeah, I, so did I. I got sh- I I got shifted. I it was between. It it was kind of crazy, but like I was between him, Towns and Davis, honestly. And da- like mm, that's the, interesting because I don't think a lot of people would consider Davis. So the reason why I looked at Davis was his stats were completely there. Yes. He played fifty five games. LeBron played fifty four. So it's kind of like okay, like he still played the same amount of games as LeBron and AD. They both played similar games. LeBron made third team. AD didn't, but AD has, like, these superior statistics. Now, part of those games, he played, like, 20 minutes a game. 
and he like basically tanked his team's chances of ever like competing again so like i took that into yeah into consideration so that's why he was off 13 and then defensively i was just kind of swayed by gobert over towns and he contributed to winning basketball in comparison to what towns that's what swung me from i actually kind of thought towns initially but then shifted to gobert because to be fair i think towns has maybe been the best player in the nba like down the stretch, honestly. He's been been insanely good. good. But the thing is, he's doing it on a team. Like, he kind of has the freedom to... Basically do whatever he wants. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, if he had... And the fact of the matter is, he was horrible during that first stretch when they had Butler, and that's kind of... And obviously, Butler plays into that hugely as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think you have to dock him for that. Like, his poor play in that early stretch of games is a big reason why they weren't competing down the stretch to begin with. Totally. So, so we had the same exact team. Yeah, basically had the same exact team. couple interesting different considerations. So, yeah, that wraps up the regular season, and we're really excited about the playoffs. And before we leave, I, I drum roll, got to insert the sound clip there. We'll have the wins total and... I ended up with 623 total wins, and you ended up with 607. So I ended up picking... I guess I did better. Eh. Well, okay, so you did do better. I wanted to say this, though, because I thought of this, and maybe yep, we have to... I, I was looking at playoff teams, Yep. so I think I did a better job. I think I probably had more playoff so teams you than you. So you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight nine playoff teams so so i got one, one more, more than, than you did yep but but the one that i got over you is i had the top four teams in the league so i had mm. raptors bucks that's pretty impressive um golden state and then the nuggets the nuggets i chose with my fourth pick yeah. so in the west yeah. so that that's pretty much what carried me yes um through but my and i think uh the east was the like a lot of it to be fair i think some of it came if you would reverse the order of because you got the warriors in the west which is good by the way i'm not you you won fair and square (laughs) congratulations but the east if you had gotten the first pick in the east i think you would have picked the celtics also and i would have picked the warriors in the in the west and that might have that would have gone a long way in terms of in terms of flipping things totally and then like there are just like some interesting things that we thought like i i had washington as the fifth pick yeah um, and not we had the Kings as the last pick in the West. I think you. So did you technically get the Kings? I or got did the you? Kings. So which you didn't even re- that probably between that and the Celtics, that was probably enough to to put you over the top almost. And the, and the Clippers were second to last on your team, so mm. that was interesting. And then the Magic were my last pick in the East. Yeah, and and that's pretty crazy, especially with the run they made. And then like. The Lakers underperformed, obviously, from what we thought. I'm trying to see, based on our pick order, is there anything we got, r- either of us, you think, like, got right? Or, you know, like, maybe... Like, as a... Something we predicted. Like the I was going to say, or team? even just bad. I think I've, I had a pretty good beat on the Wizards. I think that yeah, that's pretty good. Did. I 
I think we can go back and insert a clip of me telling you that the Wizards might be terrible. I think we were pretty right on the Knicks being terrible, whereas some people maybe thought they'd be a little frisky. I think if you go back to that Eastern Conference preview, I think I say I think the Nets could be a playoff team, and maybe you you agree with that too. So where I felt I think what I did poorly at was picking the top talent, like Mm. picking the Bucks or you know being up on that. But I think I did pretty well with picking the bottom. I think I liked the Clippers' chances compared to you. Mm. I think I liked the Pistons' chances comparatively at making the playoffs. So I think I got a couple of those fringe teams. But where it mattered, where the bread was buttered, was picking the top tier talent. And yep. you were higher on the Bucks than me, and you were higher on the Nuggets than me. Yeah. So and the, tip and of a, the cap and there a couple, for sure. Like the Hawks were kind of off on. Like they performed better than the Knicks. You chose them after the Knicks, actually. And then another I think one of the teams that I had my pulse on that kind of I was right about was the Spurs. Yeah. Like make I yep. I was pretty adamant that they would make the playoffs yes. in the playoff in the um preseason preview, whereas you were not as high on them. Yes, I was higher um, on the Pelicans, which right. did not turn out well right. at all. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of interesting to revisit um our the preview predictions that we kind of had and as we go into the playoffs. So um that's all I had for today. So thanks for coming on, Andrew um to the pod and we'll probably have to like recap all the things that happen yeah during once the we're com- done with finals, finals uh, which will probably take us to the conference yeah. finals so after that we'll probably come back again recap as we go yeah, into and it'll be fun to maybe talk a little bit more about gameplay stuff we've always done more overarching kind yeah, of yeah, like yeah. personnel I think we'll talk more stuff. specifically on games and i would say just like some of the in coaching type of stuff that we're going to be witnessing throughout the playoffs. So thanks, ag- thanks guys again for tuning in. And if you guys haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, all that type of stuff. So thanks, guys. And, uh, yeah, excited about the playoffs. All righty. Thanks, Kev.